Welcome to the One Question Podcast, brought to you by Wabi Sabi Studios. I'm your host, Michelle Cox, and I love having unlikely conversations on uncomfortable topics. It's a huge passion of mine, so much so that I wrote a few books a while back that challenge people's notion on living a life more unconventionally. This entire podcast stems around one question. If there was one topic you wish society would talk more about, what would it be? There's two layers of injury when it comes to losing your mum. The first one is actually losing her. But the second one is society and our friends and our family not holding that space or not knowing how to hold space and have that conversation. Danielle Snelling was just 23 when her mum, Rosa, died from cancer. This was an incredibly isolating and lonely experience, and although Danielle had family support around her, none could directly relate. After a fruitless search for support for other women who had experienced mother loss, Danielle and co-founder Eloise established Motherless Daughters Australia, or MDA, a charity that connects and supports women and girls whose mums have died. Now, with a community of over 13,000 women, MDA provides support via an online support group, programs, events, resources, advocacy, awareness and research. This conversation is deeply personal for me. I've followed this organisation for a while now and wished there had been something like this when 26 years ago I too lost my mum. I was only 27 and my sister and younger brother were 17 and 15, way too young. And we were all, I guess, so very young to navigate such a traumatic time losing your mum. The work Danielle and Eloise do with MDA positively impacts so many people's lives and I've been really looking forward to sitting down with Danielle to learn so much more about their work. Danielle, welcome to the podcast. I'm super excited to sit down with you today. I know this is going to be a fascinating conversation, so it's great to have you here. Thank you, Michelle. It's so nice to chat with you. So if there is one thing that you wish society would talk more about, what would it be? Mother loss grief. It's so important to talk about this. No one does. So definitely grief in relation to mother loss. Yeah, I mean, such a vital interesting topic for um, someone like myself and you know there's uh, some of my mates listening that have lost their mums and tell me why this is such a important topic for you to talk about. Yeah I lost my mum when I was 23 and I didn't have anybody around me who understood what that was like. It meant a really quick and abrupt disconnect from all of my friends. I was just at a completely different you know, life stage to them and and no one got it. So um, I knew that seeking out someone who did understand was really important to me and I just knew that would make the world of difference because, you know, grief is one of those things that we don't talk about, but mother loss grief and premature mother loss in particular has a really profound and, and lifelong impact. So I knew that what I was experiencing was something greater than grief and bigger than just grief. And shortly after met Eloise and the two of us connected and it was amazing. Like it was just so reassuring and validating and, you know, that connection provided just understanding on so many different levels and 
And we thought, how amazing would this be? Like, there's got to be other women out there like us. And how could we help cultivate relationships like this for them? So uh, we set up the organisation Motherless Daughters Australia and now talk about motherless grief all day, every day. And it's really good. Like, it's nice to get that out there. Mm, uh, it's such important work. I've been following you for a while. And, I mean, the organisation is it's a registered uh, not-for-profit, but you actually have been running for nearly 10 years. Is that right? Yeah, it's actually um, 10 years this year that I met Eloise in July. So we're going to get a birthday cake to celebrate our friendship birthday. But, yes, working you know, on it or it's been in the pipeline for 10 years but officially registered and formalised in 2018. I want to pick up on um, a couple of points you said. One, um, if I may ask, uh, how old was your mum when she passed? She was 53. So really young. I mean, you were so young at 23 to lose your mum and mm. and her at 53. It's so, well, that's I'm 51, so I can't imagine, you know, not being here um, anytime soon. I've got like 20 years of life still to do, at least <laughs> too many things to, that I haven't learned yet. But the other thing um, you mentioned about kind of being ostracized from your friends and stuff. So talk to me about that. What was the feeling and why did you feel that way? Uh, I think that they just, 23, you think you know everything and you think you're pretty grown up, but you're not. So I, I think you know, none of us really had a lot of life experience or a lot of grief and, and loss experience at that age as it was. But then, you know, the loss of my mum came after two years of looking after her. So my life had somewhat changed dramatically for two years prior anyway. What did she die of? Sorry, Dan. She had cancer. Yeah, gynecological cancer. And, you know, I was going out and partying and drinking and at uni and then that all stopped because of her diagnosis and then she died and my friends were still stuck in that as they should be you know that phase of life where you're going out and having fun and not worrying about kind of big adult things and my life was very different my I've got a younger brother he's nine years younger than me so you know that meant that I was looking after him then and doing mum things for him. So we just, the trajectory of my life just took a different avenue. And I think that's one of the things that I know from my personal experience is that no one knew what to say or how to deal. I was 27 when my mum passed, but she was 47. So, you know, not dissimilar to you. And, you know, our stories are quite similar. Although, you know, I was married then and um, was running a business and had lots of staff and stuff. So, you know, quite like a senior positions responsibility. But I really found that uncomfortable, like people were uncomfortable around me. And it's like, I thought like my mum passed away, but, you know, it's like I had a disease. People would avoid me, you know, they would like see me and, you know, come into the office and they'd go the other way because they just didn't know what to say. And you know, I learned to realise that that wasn't about me, that was about them. But at the time, it was so hurtful. And I think, you know, until I wrote about this in, you know, one of my books, then a number of my mates that are still my mates now, like said to me after they said, I remember it vividly. Like it was a horrendous time for us because none of us knew what to say. We hadn't lost anyone, let alone our mum. And so I guess that's the sort of stuff you help people navigate, right? Like in your, with your organisation now. And one of the things I just want to point out was 
um, a statistic that you put on, um, it's on your website, that 3.9 million Australian women have lost their mums. So huge statistic. And I think it's 1.2, is it? The daughter has been under 44 when they've lost their mum, which is like, I was quite taken aback with that statistic because, you know, I don't know a lot of people, uh, my mates that have lost their mum yet and how lucky they are. But I do remind them often about, you know, cherish that. When you're cranky with your mum or she's being annoying or she's being nosy, just remember, like, it's because she cares and it's actually nicer that she cares and she's here than if she wasn't. You know, the alternative is pretty grim. But I'd love to pick up on, you know, how you help people through that with your organisation. What are the kind of things that you do? Because those, I know personally, that was something that was really challenging for me and for my friends. Yeah, We say, you know, there's two layers of injury when it comes to losing your mum. The first one is actually losing her. But the second one is society and our friends and our family not holding that space or not knowing how to hold space and have that conversation. And that's where mother loss can become a real trauma and where the damage is done because it means we're harbouring all of this grief inside And there's no one around us who can hold that space or provide a platform for us to talk openly and honestly without judgment or criticism. Dan, sorry, I just have to say, I've never heard that articulated like that. That's beautiful. It makes like so much sense to me. Wow. Yeah, we, that's just how we, you know, see it and and how we've kind of come to that conclusion from the anecdotal evidence in our group, but also, you know, understanding how trauma works. And in particular, we know, you know, early mother loss, like that loss under 30, that age, because our brains are still developing, you know, well into our 20s. That impact of mother loss is so profound across a number of levels, you know, developmentally. So when we're not allowed the space or the platform to talk about that, that's where that trauma manifests and and is harboured within we know that it's society that contributes to that trauma. And part of our work, well, part of our advocacy work is educating people on what to say and what not to say. And we've just recently posted a number of comments about how they're unhelpful and dismissive and why. Fabulous. I read them and went, yay. (laughs) It's the old shit people say. (laughs) It's just dumb stuff. It's so dumb, but... I think it's okay to, you know, say, don't say these things, but I'm not sure that too many people go into the why it's not okay. And I think if people understand why something's good or why something's bad, you then equip them with the knowledge of better supporting someone. So sorry for those listening, can you give a couple of examples? Because I thought they were fabulous. Some of those things that people say often that for those listening, that it's kind of a great reminder because, you know, People say that, oh, you know, you're lucky she's out of pain and isn't it better? And well, it's a classic, isn't it? Exactly. And the one, you know, oh, I just don't know how you do it. I couldn't imagine if my mum died. I mean, that, whilst I think that that's a comforting, nice thing to say, it just lacks in emotional intelligence so much. And that's not a criticism, but we've got to do better. I mean, there is a wealth of knowledge at our fingertips. There's this thing called Google. If you want to do better, go and research how can I support my friend. I mean, don't just rely on your lack of experience. Show initiative and show up and do better because we can. You know, that I couldn't imagine or you're so strong. Like, we don't have a choice. 
And I couldn't imagine what it's like to lose my mum. It really shifts the dynamic and focus of that conversation onto the person commenting rather than, you know, we, we as the grievers are then left to console this person and say, oh, well, you're so lucky it's not you. Like, thank God it's not you. Like, that's not helpful for us to talk about our grief. It is education and it is awareness, but I don't feel it's the grievers' job to provide that anymore. And it's interesting, I think, one of the things that often happens in this is that comparison type stuff. It's like, oh, you lost your mum. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. Oh, so my friend lost their mum or something as well. You know, they kind of divert because they don't know what to say to you. And so they're like, oh, I want it. It's like, and I kind of wonder what goes through people's brains. It's like they're like, oh, okay, I'm not sure what to say. I don't want to see her cry. I don't want to upset her. So let's just divert it and talk about someone else rather than holding space for your friend or your loved one or, your, you know, the person that's going through the grief. And, you know, it could be a colleague at work. And that was my experience when people held space for me and said, how are you going? You know, I'm really sorry to hear about your mum and I might have met her, might not have met her, but, you know, how are you going? Can I do anything? I mean, that's always the old classic as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can I do anything? Oh, let me know. And you're like, well, actually, just do something. That's, uh, you know. Yes. Just do. <laughs> but what are the most common things that people, I mean, you've got like, whatever, 15,000 members now that are part of your group. What's the most common feedback that they give about something that angers them or saddens them or pisses them off, like what people do or say? Uh, it's always those comments, you know, she's in a better place or, oh, you know, be grateful she's no longer in pain. I mean, that makes you feel like a big, fat, selfish monster, you know, oh my God, how bad am I because I wanted her to stay? We don't want our mums to be in pain, but we don't want them dead either. Like, you know, like it's not like one cancels out the other. It's not that black and white. Yeah, comments like that, anything to do with religion, I mean, without checking what that person's religious beliefs are first or, or knowing for sure that they share those religious beliefs, it's I think the worst thing you could do is project your beliefs onto someone else without checking first. Especially at that time, you know, when they're upset. Absolutely. And so those kind of comments are um, things like, uh, they're, you know, well, God would have, you know, they only take the, the good ones or, you know, she must have been an angel because, like, she's left here early. <laughs> yeah, all of that. I'm sorry, it makes me laugh because I just remember them so vividly. I haven't heard them obviously for a long time. Um, my mum passed 26 years ago, but still it's just they're vivid. They are there. And, yeah, people just say dumb shit all the time. So let's flip that then. What should they say? Like how do, how do people help and console people? Look, just acknowledge it's shit. Just this is really shit and, I, you know, this is unimaginably hard. I'm here for you, you know. Tell me about your mum whenever you want to or, you know, let me know if you want to talk or if you don't want to talk. Just hold space and don't criticise or judge. Like we have so many women in our community and this has been quite a controversial topic but we are all about keeping it real and honest and raw and our socials will only ever be for our community. Calling out some of those really hard thoughts that so many women have and we've received thousands of messages from women saying, I know this is really awful or I feel really guilty to say it, but I just wish it was my dad who died instead of my mum. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. 
you know, that's a that's a thought and that's a feeling and there's no right or wrong. But if you are supporting someone who's grieving and they do come out and say that to you, really nurture that notion that they trust you enough to be vulnerable with a comment like that and don't criticize or judge and say, that's awful, don't say that or you know, because it's it's things like that that we harbour inside. So just allowing them the space to talk and actively listen without making it about you or your thoughts is really important because it will help to lessen that trauma. Like it will help to lessen that harbouring of, you know, what's kept inside. It's, as I said before, the damage is done by the comments, you know, or the lack of comment um appropriate commentary from society and those around us mm, yeah it is it's either yeah in my experience it was the avoidance or the yeah dumb stuff so it was like not that many people that were good at it but i think this is the point and how you say it right at the start there dan that this is a topic people don't talk about so people aren't aware and many people lose their parents you know later on in life i unfortunately have lost both of mine you know early and you know, in very different circumstances, but, you know, really shit, like, you know, and I love them dearly. And, you know, after losing mum, it brought us all really close together, my brothers and sisters and my dad, and I don't have a big family. And then 10 years later, my dad dropped dead with a heart attack. You're just like, what? Haven't I got these lessons? I know that life is short. Like, why do I keep coping this? You know, I've heaps of people I know haven't had any loss in life and I've had so much. And so, you know, there is that Sometimes um, it's hard not to go down that, you know, poor me rabbit hole as well. And I've had to kind of navigate that over the years and think, you know, like that I've just had to reconcile with my own rationale and reasoning, but I don't need someone else to tell me like what they think the reasoning is and why and whatever. (laughs) I'm just like, that doesn't work. Yeah, I think that's a good segue into one of those other comments, you know, I mean, you're at a point where you know it's nothing that you've done to contribute to those deaths so early on in your life, but that everything happens for a reason. I mean, if somebody said that to you and you weren't firm in your belief or understanding that it's not your fault, you then go looking, oh, did I not learn the lesson? Was it something I did? Have they been taken away? Like, they are so damaging. We say people have good intentions, but We've got to do better. Mm, yeah, um, it's a good one um, to talk about in terms of people doing better. What about companies doing better? And we've just gone through um, Mother's Day here in Australia and um, in the US, I think it's around the same time. And, you know, it's always been a really tough time for me. And I know it's a really tough time for a lot of your uh, members and stuff as well. And you do a lot of work in that space. Uh, I mean, again, people listening, if they're you know, running a marketing department for a company or, you know, involved in this sort of space or their CEOs. I have lots of really broad braced um, listeners. I'd love to hear your advice on how companies can do it better because for the first time this year, I had received emails where companies had said, if you would like to opt out on, you know, that was like, I think Adore Beauty was one, which I was really impressed with. And they said, look, we're going to do some, you know, Mother's Day uh, marketing. We understand this is a challenging time for some people. And that's not just for people that have lost their mums. It's people actually also in a similar case, not only did I lose my mum early, then I was not able to be a mother because I had my own cancer journey. So, you know, it's a bit of a double-edged sword for me. So some people are dealing with that or they've lost, you know, a child or et cetera. There's lots of reasons. 
but they gave me the option to opt out, which I thought, wow, this is like so progressive. And then I get a really dumb text message specifically to me, addressed to me that, you know, from um, Bulgari brand. And I called them out on social media because I was like, this shit needs to change. Like these guys need to be do better. And, uh, you know, talking about me buying my mum a special gift for Mother's Day and addressed to me personally. And I was like, that is so wrong on so many levels. Like what, what are companies doing wrong in this space? And I guess to be positive about it, what can we, how can we encourage them to do better in your view? Yeah, it's a, it's a big thing to have that acknowledgement from people around you or companies. Uh, we actually developed a, an ambassador letter initiative a couple of years ago. Lots and lots of women in our community were obviously receiving those sorts of, you know, go and take mum out for lunch. And you're like, well, I can't, she's dead. And like, why aren't you entertaining the fact that people might not have their mum or mothers? Like, how can we be that ignorant? Like, it's 20... 20- it's 2020, you know, so yeah, three years ago we developed this letter and it was, you know, hi, I'm so-and-so, I'm this age, I was this old when my mum died, I'm a part of this community. Did you know there are three point, it was 3.7 million at the time, women who have lost their mum? And then it just invited them to learn more about our organisation and to share some resources and to provide an opt-out. And we we had that letter available on our website for women in our community to copy and paste back to those marketing emails from companies to help raise awareness, but to also, and more importantly, empower women in our community at a time when they were isolated, singled out and felt, you know, helpless and just useless at a time. So it gave them something to do that was proactive and and good. And we had a really great response from a lot of companies saying, wow, you know, thank you so much. We'll do this next year. Or some went on to write blogs. Like one of them was GoTo and they were brilliant a few years ago. You know, they came back and they said, this is fantastic. Thank you so much. They wrote a a story on one of our community members and thereafter have, you know, offered opt out. And And over the years now, we have seen more and more companies do that, which is great. But yeah, I think a lot of them this year, we saw click here to opt out. But what I'd really like to see like from an organisational perspective and a support perspective is to put some links to support for those people. So you're not just opting out and you can go and wait over there in the corner until Mother's Day is over. But then you can come back in. That's a good point because we want your money still. Yeah, we want you to buy our products. Yeah. yeah. Like let's show that we actually really do care about you. Opt out, but here are some great organisations or, you know, whoever. If you need support through this challenging time because there's a reason you're opting out. Yeah, that's really valid. Yeah, what a great suggestion. So, well, hopefully people listening can, um, you know, if they're in a position of power can make those calls or at least suggest you know, if you if you work for an organisation that you can suggest this to um, people, I think that's a great idea. So, so in terms of your network and your group, what are the biggest things that you help people with? How how do you support people? You work in the company now full time, which is just phenomenal. You know, with a, an idea that you and Eloise had ten years ago to create this now that you're full time in the business and Eloise is part time, like that's extraordinary. So, uh, congratulations for that, Danielle, because. I know it's a lot of work and, you know, you have some amazing supporting companies that have helped you, you know, because for not-for-profit, getting funding is another challenging thing. I'm well aware of that as well. But 
you're helping an incredible number of people. And not only, you know, as I say, 15,000, I wouldn't class myself as one of your members and I've been following you and your messaging and stuff for a long time. So, you know, you're helping a lot more people, I think, than you realise as well, which is which is wonderful. But how can people get in touch and what, what is it that you do for people? Yeah, we provide community peer support predominantly. Um, we, we're not a clinical organisation because grief is not a mental health problem. Um, so we're steering right away from that. It's normal, it's natural, it's healthy. So we, we're all about calling out the hard stuff when it comes to grief and mother loss, which then provides all of that normalisation and validation for women who don't get that elsewhere. Um, we have events both in person and online. We've got our major annual events in the lead up to Mother's Day and then throughout the second half of the year we're, we're about to launch our Meet and Grief dinner series. Meet and Grief. That's beautiful. And do you do them all around the country or the major cities? Or Yeah, that will be the goal. At the moment they're in three states and we'll be expanding that this year. So we'll do them every second month and they're a smaller. I mean, our annual high tea events, that's over 600 women collectively, but the dinners will be more smaller intimate groups of no more than 20 and they'll run bi-monthly, uh, just casual, you know, just come and talk about shitty old grief and how normal it is and that there's nothing wrong with you we have our online support group which is on facebook it's got nearly nine thousand members and we have free memories of mum journals for kids boys and girls who um, lost their mum under 12 and some fact sheets and we're also working on a whole lot of future program development stuff and also focusing a lot of our efforts on awareness we need to reach those 1.2 million women, absolutely, and the 3.9 million in total. But then advocacy, you know, about, we were talking before about those unhelpful comments, you know, things like bereavement leave is only two days. That perpetuates that notion in society that, you know, you get over it. So, it, you know, we're not doing things on a, on a larger scale to help with that education and awareness piece. And we recently had a parliamentary breakfast event, uh, which was really exciting. And, and it just felt like it was the catalyst to really propel us into a realm of possibility and opportunity at government level to really make some legislative change and systemic changes when it comes to grief. You know, women are going, we're being told to go see a psychologist and psychologists aren't always trained in grief and loss. So that perpetuates that trauma again if you're not seeing someone who can provide adequate support. So that advocacy piece is so important. It almost has to come first and then it will filter down into the different programs that we'll offer as an organisation because we're still small and new and growing. But we need that awareness and the advocacy to grow the community and bring them in, find out what they need, what their struggles are, where the support system is letting them down and how can we fill those gaps. Wonderful. You're doing a beautiful job. It has been an absolute delight to chat to you today, Denny. So thank you. Thank you for all the work that you and Eloise do, like literally from a genuine um, place for me because, yeah, having an organisation like this when I was going through that and my sister who is, you know, nine years younger than me, um, you know, would have been amazing. So, um, yeah, people are lucky that they've got a support service like this now available. So genuinely, um, it's been fabulous to chat to you.
Oh, I really love chatting to you too, Michelle. Thank you so much for the opportunity and for your kind words. Well, there you have it. Wasn't that an incredible conversation? I hope you enjoyed it as much as I've enjoyed bringing it to you. If you did like it, can I ask a small favour? Please rate and review on your listening platform for me. I know everyone asks this, but it seriously makes a difference to help get these conversations out in the world and makes all the hard work and effort I put into this for you all the more worthwhile. And until next time, if you have one question you'd like to ask me, hit me up on my socials or jump on my website, michellejcox.com. 